Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. But Twitter employs 500 people in Dublin and many of those will be receiving emails today informing them of whether they still have a job. So to tell us a little bit more, we're joined on the line by Adrian Weckler, tech editor with the Irish Independent. Hello, Adrian. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. What is the latest? The latest is that Twitter has begun laying off uh, staff all over the world, including in Dublin, where it has over 500 people. Some Twitter employees have already been told that they will no longer uh, have a job there. Some have started to tweet about it uh, this morning. Um, It's affected the uh, communication staff and uh, we haven't heard the end of it yet. Twitter haven't released a definitive statement on it yet, but it's it's starting to happen. And a lot has gone on, hasn't it, since Elon Musk bought Twitter. Not only has he dissolved the board, but a lot of Twitter offices have been closed and it's very hard for people to get information. Yeah, it, the, it, it's kind of a, an unusual way to run. Um, he's running it like a kitchen cabinet. He has replaced a lot of senior, very senior management and board with kind of his friends and a few venture capital pals and um, uh, well-wishers to try and radically change the way that Twitter operates. We know that one of the reasons he's doing that is he feels he can't afford Twitter's 7,000 staff or its operating expenses because he overpaid so much for the company. Don't forget, the company is worth about you know 20-something billion dollars, maybe a little bit more. He paid $44 billion because he agreed to buy it at the top of the market before the current uh, tech slump. Now, to be fair to him and to Twitter, there are job losses going on in many big tech companies. When we, we saw uh, yesterday, for example, Stripe, the Collison Brothers company, they're getting rid of about 1,000 staff uh, out of 7,000. But the way that Twitter is doing it is a very unusual way. Uh, uh, staff are being told, for example, not to come to work until they are told via email or maybe a personal email address um, that they they have a job. Someone are being told one of the ways you know you don't have a job is if you can't get access to your work email anymore. I know it's interesting, isn't it? I was laid off from a job a number of years ago. They closed down that section of the company and all staff member were called to a massive meeting where the CEO got up and explained what was going to happen and there was a a redundancy department set up and there was a whole system put in place. It's not new to be made redundant, but it's the way it's being handled seems very strange. Yeah, it's brutal culture that Elon Musk seems to have in his companies. Now, his supporters and his defenders will say that is the flip side to being one of the most energetic and successful innovators. And they'll say, look what he has done with Tesla and the electric car market. Look what he has done with SpaceX and the, you know, the, the rocket market. And you can't do that, you know, so quickly uh, without being very, very rough around the edges. That's not much comfort if you're one of the Twitter staff today who is being treated very, very coldly. Now, it has to be pointed out it's harder to fire somebody in Ireland or in the European Union than it is in California, where the rest of Twitter's, most of the rest of Twitter staff are. So they will, the company will be subject to um, like 
to penalties. redundancy law. In, in, yeah, well, to redundancy law in some extent, to some extent here, you can't just fire people willy-nilly like you can in California, which is essentially an, an at-will, fire at-will state. You can just get rid of somebody uh, overnight. Um, but even still, as you pointed out, there is a right way and a wrong way to do this in most HR managers' uh, handbooks. And it, like, I don't know who would go to work for Twitter in Ireland now the next time they're hiring because they know um, how brutally they can be treated. I mean, you said look at what Elon Musk has done with with Tesla and, and with his other interests. But you'd also have to say, look what he hasn't done. I mean, I don't really think with his work in the electric car realm that he's got sustainability and the climate crisis at the forefront of his mind. I certainly get the impression it's the capitalist model and the capitalist model alone. So the worry with Twitter is where does it go uh, and, and where does the empathy come in for the users? I know the trust, the head of trust and safety lost their job. So mm. what's the, the thoughts on, on, on how he's going to radicalise the business there? Well, he we do know that he has already introduced um, or announced some new features, uh, f- such as, for example, the infamous $8 per month if you want to keep your blue tick. If you are one of the 400,000 public figures, um, politicians, uh, journalists, uh, you know, entertainment professionals who have that blue check mark, which is supposed to be a verified mark. It's not supposed to be a status symbol, but he's going to introduce that. He's going to introduce things like uh, an edit button. He's, he's probably going to introduce some sort of uh, video pl- uh, function. We know he's going to resurrect Vine, which was the short video feature that Twitter uh, once had. But in terms of some of the things that Twitter's really used for, if you think about why people use Twitter, it's, it's really there for the very big moments in public news and public discourse. It's the place you go when there's something really huge happening for the absolute latest on it. And usually many of the main actors in that news event will be tweeting something about it. Um, whether or not Twitter can be relied upon for proper trusted information is now up you know up for grabs especially since Elon Musk himself a couple of days ago tweeted and then deleted a homophobic conspiracy theory um the, the reason he deleted it was because it was a homophobic conspiracy theory about the husband of the US congressional house speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi so when the boss of the service is doing the thing you fear the most to disrupt democracy, you do have to be worried. And while all this was going on, the talk of layoffs for Twitter globally, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was somebody in the office said it to me this morning. Was he tweeting about being an alien or something very random was being put out there? So it's hardly pouring calm on all of the situation. No, I mean, he has often joked that his use of Twitter is, you know, like 50, 60 percent kind of gentle troll or trickster and that he uses it mostly when he's you know in the lavatory that and but there is a time to be joking and be light-hearted and it's arguably not when you have taken over a company and they're firing half of its staff um so Look, Elon Musk is a very polarizing figure. He arguably still has enough goodwill 
in the vault because of the things that he has done in his other businesses. Like whether you accept or not that he is doing it for you know the right reasons, he has actually disrupted and completely changed a couple of uh, industries. But that goodwill is seeping away day after day after day. And the and the irony is he's not really going to please anybody because while you know. While while Twitter is sometimes perceived as being you know left wing or woke by right wing um, uh, critics, the right wing mob are already starting to turn on him now because he's saying that there will be a content moderation council and it will you know still try to uh, stop the platform being used for hate speech. And already he's now being decried as a sellout by that section. So he's he's really inviting criticism and ridicule from all sections of the political spectrum now. Well, will you stay on the line, Adrian Weckler there, tech editor with the Irish Independent. And Adrian said that Twitter is still very much where people go for the big moments in life to get the very real, very quick what's happening right now information. So I want to bring in Laura Harmon, an equality campaigner. Laura, you're welcome to Lunchtime Live here on News Talk. How are you? Good, thanks. And, you know, it was good listening to to Adrian giving the update on, on what's happening uh, in Twitter at the minute. And, I mean, I think it's a very difficult day for many Twitter employees. And I suppose just, you know, before I suppose we talk about the impact of Twitter in terms of big moments and campaigning, I mean, I think it's notable that tech companies in Ireland don't recognise trade unions and, and Twitter included. And I think that's, you know, that is a pity. And I think days like today are kind of, show the importance uh, of that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that they'll have a, a pool table and a smeg fridge full of sparkling water and the like, but not a, a, a trade union or somebody to represent them when things go wrong. It's certainly an interesting point to look at. But let's look at, at, at Twitter then. How important has it been in big movements like Home to Vote or the Marriage Equality Referendum? Well, Twitter's been hugely important, uh, you know, as a campaigning tool and for bringing people together in terms of previous referenda, for example, that we've had in this country. I mean, in, in 2015 for marriage equality, uh, you know, Twitter hashtags uh, were huge. I think within the, the top five Twitter hashtags that year, you know, we had MarRef, we had Yes Equality, uh, obviously Home to Vote, um, where over 70,000 people uh, engage with that hashtag in, in 2015. And I mean, this was before Instagram was kind of big or had kicked off as well. You know, Twitter was really, um, you know, the only show in town when it came to hashtags, you know, for the marriage equality referendum. And I mean, we saw people traveling from across the world, uh, you know, by plane, train, um, people driving, offering lifts to bring people home to vote and, you know, some really emotional stories that people were were sharing. And I know that was replicated for the the referendum on the Eighth Amendment and the repeal the Eighth hashtag and home to vote again in in 2018. It was one of the, one of the top hashtags that year. And I know the Twitter office in Dublin uh, have a have a big um, sign up uh, with the home to vote hashtag in their office. I think they put that up um, in 2015 after the the marriage equality referendum. So it has pride of place. And I think it, it, there's a sign in in the San Francisco office as well the Twitter office, the home to vote hashtag. And I mean, that was a hashtag that was, you know, generated by Irish people, Irish people abroad coming home to vote. And I mean, we often talk about Irish Twitter as well, you know, as 
as its own thing, you know, because Irish people, obviously, we have our own sense of humour. Um, the way we engage with things. I mean, if, if you just, you know, if you watch the Rosa Tralee, for example, every year, I mean, a lot of people say they don't watch it unless they're on Twitter at the same time because mm. the humour is the same with the toy show. Um, you know, we have our own sports hashtag. So, um, Koi Gig and Koi Big, come on you girls in green, come on you boys in green. Um, all huge, you know, uniquely Irish um, hashtags that we use Um so definitely, I think it's played a huge part in terms of big movements. And I mean, we are used to the Irish language as well, bring it into hashtags. I mean, we had the Make Raw the Law hashtag that the Union of Students of Ireland had in 2015 for the marriage referendum, which then turned into Made Grow the Law or Grow is the Law, you know, when we had uh, marriage equality. So, um, you know, I think Irish people um, do make good use of Twitter. Of course, it can be a very toxic environment as well, as we all know. Um, but certainly in terms of campaigning and campaigning tools, I mean, you know, Twitter certainly is uh, an interesting space, you know, for that and a space that certainly campaigns in Ireland have, have made great use of as well on different sides of the debate as well. And it's so good to be reminded of that, really, and that you do go in for those one liners and to see what are people saying right now, because you wonder, have we moved on? That's the thing with technology. And now we're, you know, as you say, now we've Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok, and it's all about the visual and the video. But to get the what's happening right now and the hashtag, there's only really one place to do it, and that's Twitter. Absolutely. And I mean, I think the way the news is these days, you know, it's fast paced. Obviously, we see that, you know, traditional newspapers are, you know, often under threat. And, you know, I mean, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, buying traditional news, buying traditional, you know, paper. There's nothing like having a newspaper in your hand, and that's really important. But at the end of the day, if you want a quick update on something, it's very easy to go into Twitter, just put in the hashtag, and, you know, you'll get what people are saying right now, uh, you know, as it's happening. So certainly, you know, I mean, I would be a big user of Twitter myself. I'm obviously not speaking in favour of the company here or anything, completely independent. But, you know, it is a platform that I use. I know many people use it. I know that a lot of people don't use it because they find it quite toxic or can be bad for their mental health. And we know that Twitter trolls, you know, are such a big issue. It's an issue on all social media platforms, you know, the abuse that goes on and the regulation there. And certainly that's something that that needs to be tackled. But I suppose I'd just like to say, I mean, I think in terms of... Um, you know, the Twitter employees in Dublin and, and across the world, I mean, it's it's just the way that this has been done seems very callous to me uh, on the part of, of Elon Musk, regardless of what he's done in other areas uh, in technology. Yeah. Um, you know, employees deserve to be treated in a humane way. And, uh, and uh, you know, I really hope that uh, it gets resolved. Absolutely. Um, well, I wanted to put that to you, Adrian Weckler, tech editor of the Irish Independent. What will this further bad press do to Twitter? Because it does have that stereotype of being a place of hatred and, and vitriol. And when you have a well-known face or a celebrity, quite often they'll say, oh, no, I just had to get myself out of there. It was just a, a really bad place. And now we have this very real but almost panto baddie at the helm. Could this be the beginning of the end for Twitter? I mean, it, it's always possible uh, when you're social network that every week t- it could be the beginning of the end. You just have to look at the demise of Bebo and MySpace. And then you look at currently Facebook is looking at a cliff. Even Instagram is looking at its own mortality. Um, from my own point of view, I think Twitter still has a long way to go before its core appeal 
is threatened because of the reasons you've been talking about for the last five minutes about its its unique characteristics. Having said that, there are already very worrying signs about the tone and the toxicity um, that is kind of being invited onto the platform, you, you might almost argue. I mean, the Washington Post had an interesting uh, piece with a research institution um, that within the first day of Elon Musk taking over, use of the N-word, the racial slur, increased by 500%. Now, the company answered that, acknowledged it, and answered it in saying that it was mostly from a very small number of accounts and that they had been dealt with. The signal that was sent out uh, and it was cultivated by Elon Musk in pursuing Twitter and then buying it. By the way, after months of protest, don't forget, he tried to wriggle out of it uh, for, for many months. But the signal he sent was that Twitter had become too woke and too PC and you weren't allowed to say what was really on your mind and that all these lefties were were, were cancelling you. That was the signal he was condescending out and, you know, that has been the response to that has been some kind of nasty stuff uh, um, coming onto it. Yeah, and I, you know you hear that that's what the algorithm is set up for. It likes to stoke hatred and I mean you might call it debate but it's not it goes way darker than that we'll have to leave it there but there's no question this will be a story that will run and run certainly for the next little while Adrian Weckler tech editor with the Irish Independent and Laura Harmon equality campaigner thank you very much for coming on and I was talking ironically on my Instagram this week to um, an activist around social media and safety online in the UK she's an author of a book How to Stay Safe Online and set up a UK-based charity called Glitch about this very topic, being safe and protected online. And she did say that if we're not happy with the way Twitter is going, that we do have the power to stop using it. We do. You may feel like it's David and Goliath when it comes to somebody like Elon Musk. But would you be prepared to do that? Not just on the layoffs, but watching how it unfolds over the next little while. Would you vote? with your feet and cancel your account? You can let us know. I hope Twitter falls by the wayside, says one. It's nothing but a swamp full of hatred. I feel sorry for the workers, but we should all take a stand and get rid of Twitter. And it's simple. Go woke, go broke. Delighted this is happening, says another. That needs to be made into a T-shirt. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.